0: But when you're you're in balance, then you don't have to think about your body, you can feel it. And you can be aware of it by sensing it or feeling it or knowing it experientially. As you feel, sense, become aware of your body sitting here, notice the particular ways the body displays itself, whether it's warm or cool, or whether it feels tense or relaxed. whether it is moving at all or has gotten more stable, more simple. And of course, part of being aware of the movement is to be aware of the breathing. We use the body and the breathing as a way to establish a sense of samadhi, concentration. Letting go of everything else for a few moments and just bringing us into the present moment of aliveness that's right here. Not just being caught in our thoughts, but actually being aware of the aliveness that's sitting in your seat, breathing. And it doesn't mean thoughts just go away. You can just let them be in the background. Letting the body and breath be in the foreground right now. Doing whatever is needed to be here in the simplicity of the body sitting here breathing. Being aware of the breath at the nostrils or at the chest or at the belly or the whole body breathing. finding a way to be aware of the body and the breath that's simple or easy, that's relaxed, but allows you to collect or compose yourself here in the lived moment of this moment of being alive. When you feel settled, centered, grounded in the present moment, you can expand the meditation. You have a choice. You could stay with the body and the breathing, or you can open it up and be aware of whatever's in the foreground, whether it's the body or the heart or the mind. being aware of whatever displays itself here in the body, meaning not just the breath, but other sensations, or whatever displays itself from the heart, some emotion or feeling or mood, or sense of appreciation or joy or delight. Or whatever displays itself in the mind, thoughts, ideas, memories, plans, or the openness of mind that is possible, or the space of mind. But whatever is here whether it's the breath and body or sensations or emotions or thoughts, we simply wanna be aware of it. Continuing to see or observe or know directly what's arising moment by moment by moment. resting in the awareness that knows. Uh, I'm not sure, Nina, do you are you giving the talk tonight, the Donna talk? I
1: think I am. Unless anybody else is. <laughs> so good evening, uh, everybody. My name is Nina and I'm one of the board members. and this is the part of the evening where we give the Donna talk. So most of you know by now that "dana" is the Pali word for generosity. And it's a quality that's highly valued in Buddhism. And it's a quality that spontaneously arises in all of us. And it's also a quality that can be cultivated and practiced with. So I'll just say for the last few days, I've been taking on the practice of really tracking um, spontaneous arisings, spontaneous impulses of generosity. And it's been interesting for me to notice on a couple occasions where I had a really clear impulse of generosity in situations that uh, would take me out of my comfort zone a little bit, which I think is an aspect of true generosity is being able to stretch a little and to notice those impulses arise in me, and then to notice what I did with them. And actually, in the three cases that I'm thinking of, I actually did not do the generous act that I had the impulse to do. So that's also part of the practice, is noticing the arising and noticing what we do or don't do with that impulse, and not to judge but as a way to learn more about what blocks our generosity. So anyway, I invite you to take that on as a practice if it's interesting, just to track for 24 or 48 hours where you have a real surprising impulse of generosity and just to notice um, what happens with that for you as a way to learn more about yourself. So in terms of San Francisco Insight, and in terms of this lineage, the teachings have been offered and sustained since the time of the Buddha through this practice. And um, here at San Francisco Insight, we offer these sits without, um, you know, free of charge. Um, but we rely on your generosity to sustain ourselves and to make an offering to the teacher. So, um In a moment, I'll put a link in the chat to our uh, donate page. And if you feel a a spontaneous arising of generosity um, to make a financial offering, we appreciate that. Or if you have another urge to offer yourself to San Francisco Insight, we appreciate you and your generosity. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nina. Um, There was another question I had for you, it was about the survey, which I know we talked about at the board meeting, but I wasn't sure how that was gonna happen. Hmm. Um,
1: Does anyone have the link to the survey here, Maggie or Eileen? or any other board member? I get you Okay. Do we wanna take a moment to do that now, Eugene?
0: Yeah, okay. that was the plan.
1: Yeah, okay. So somebody, Miru, I'm seeing some other board members here. Somebody is going, we are um, putting out a survey um, to find out your your feelings about uh, how we're gonna go forward. Um in terms of meeting in person or on Zoom. And so in a moment that a link will come in the chat, and we'd like to take the three minutes right now for you all to click on
0: that and to fill out the survey before we continue. Yeah, it's a, it's a great form of generosity to actually fill out the survey so that together we can figure out what's appropriate moving forward in terms of Um, Do we stay on Zoom? Do we meet in person? Do we Zoom in person? Do we do, uh, you know, what are we gonna do together in terms of SFI uh, at this point? And of course, nothing is final, but we want your input.
1: It looks like the survey's in the chat now. So you can click on that. And Sarah, I see you have a question.
0: Sarah, you're muted. You you need to unmute yourself, Sarah. Thank you.
2: All right. I did the survey already online. I did it.
0: So you don't have to do it again unless you want to. You could do Sarah 1 and Sarah 2 if you want you don't need to and and what'll happen is it, you'll go, it'll throw you onto uh, the web and you can do it but um yeah but you don't have to go off soon you just go to the Safari or whatever your browser is.
1: If for any reason you lose the Zoom, we will let you back in. So you can just follow the same link to get back in.
0: For those of you who filled it out or are just waiting right at the moment, uh, I just wanted to remind you all I'm teaching my first retreat at Spirit Rock Live uh, in September. And uh, I'm actually going to look for the dates just to be totally accurate. Um, Yeah, September um, 13 through 20. Uh, And it's with Howie Cohn, who also teaches in San Francisco. And there's one other person who we're just waiting for her to confirm before I announce her. She's waiting to hear some news to make sure she can do the retreat. And uh, yeah, and Hakim Tafari will be doing the movement. And I'm excited to be back on the land. And Spirit Rock can, um, if you're interested, go to Spirit Rock and you'll look it up. But um, Spirit Rock will tell you everything they're doing so that it's safe to come on retreat. Um, uh, Yeah, which I'm not gonna list all the different uh, bullet points that they're doing, but they're really being very uh, diligent about being careful and being able to have the retreats in person. Okay, I'm wondering, is anybody still filling out the re- the, the survey? I think we're good to go. I'm seeing less people In their pictures, but I'm going to assume. Well, I don't know. What should I assume? Probably not much. Uh,
1: I think you can
0: continue. Looks like
1: people. (laughs) Looks like people are are
0: okay. Okay. Lena's given me permission, so I'll go. Um, So, what I'd like to talk about tonight. I'll begin with a quote from Sada Utashinia. Who said, first we must ask ourselves, what is our relationship to reality? Societa Utejaniya, Burmese teacher. What is our relationship to reality? What's our understanding of life? From this, we will find that meditation practice is really the only sensible approach to reality and the problems that can arise from living. And so he says this, and where my mind goes is to what I wanted to talk about tonight, which is the awakening, the three centers of body, heart, mind. And, uh, and really looking at how they, when we start to become aware of all three components of our experience, we start to see how to live a, a whole life, a real life, and to manifest the Dharma In whatever we do, whatever it is, whether we're work or family or school or having fun, right? So that we can bring the totality of who we are, right? Body, heart, and mind. And the three centers are talked about this way the body of awakening, which has to do with being embodied, centered, grounded, uh, the capacity to be steadfast the capacity to be uh, embodied in any experience, every experience and the kind of presence that comes with that kind of embodiment. And so the body of awakening, the heart of love and compassion, right? Which is really about the goodness of the heart that's already here. It's not something you have to do It's already here to be known or realized or understood or awakened to, right? And so the heart center is about kindness and empathy and uh, sensitivity, joy, uh, delight, courage, love, balance. And the the mind of wisdom, the head center, right, is about normally about cognitive functioning, uh, but also about the space or openness of clarity of the mind and the clarity of perceptivity and discernment and uh, perspicacity uh, and the insight, right? Comes from all of these, comes from all of these, especially the head center is awakens And so, you know, I like if you have questions or comments at the end, so I'm gonna remind you about to take a note if you have any questions or comments, but I'm also gonna give you some things to reflect on even while I'm talking, which is how do you relate to each center, right? How is that for you? Do you relate to each center? How do you relate to your body? How do you relate to your mind? How do you mind, how do you relate to your heart, right? And do you have a center that's more open or more closed? Because it's different for each of us. And some of us may be more body-centered people and some more heart-centered and some more mind-centered people. And so what kind of, what, what center might be open or closed or, What kind of attention or kindness is needed for each center to keep opening and being understood or realized? And what's your strongest center? What's your go-to center? Or what's your weakest center? Hmm. And have you ever experienced all three functioning together? like when you're really embodied and your heart's right there and your mind is clear, and just to be aware of that potential. And it points to something bigger than the usual way we think about ourselves as a, as a separate individual, right? Martin Heidegger said, he said, a person is neither a thing nor a process, but an opening or a clearing through which the absolute can manifest. A person is neither a thing nor a process, but an opening or a clearing through which the absolute can manifest. The absolute sometimes being a metaphor for awakening or a metaphor for the truth or a metaphor for all that's good. And, of course, different cultures have different centers that are more characteristic of their culture, like the United States and many Western cultures are head-centered cultures. That's the predominant, that's the go-to center. Or certain centers in like, um, you know, Northern Africa or Southern uh, Europe, uh, like Italy is a really heart-centered culture of Greece, more of a heart-centered culture. And Africa is more, uh, at least when I've been, when I was there at South Africa, was totally belly-centered culture and really like vroom, grounded, centered on the ground. And it doesn't mean if you ha- if one center is predominant, you don't have the other centers, I'm not saying that. But you can start to feel sometimes different groups of people have more that orientation towards one center, body or heart or mind. And it doesn't mean that if you're body-centered, you don't have heart or mind, or if you're heart-centered, you don't have body or, or, or mind, or and if you're head-centered, you don't have heart or body. But, but it's you can start to become aware of the differences and keep learning how to balance one's own presence and one's capacity to be awake and present in each moment. And so the knowing of the centers can help awaken us to human experience and to help uh, nourish the multiplicity of intelligence that comes, whether it's from the body or the heart or the mind. And the body center, the body of awakening, sometimes it's called, it's. Interesting. I'm trying to see if I have this. I found something. Yeah, I did. Let's see if you can see this, but um, because the the body of awakening is generally centered a little bit below the the belly button is the center of that that, um, uh, center. That is the point of that center. And it's in different traditions. In Buddhism, it's called uh, the hara And in Sufism, it's the Ka, or in Taoism, it's the Dantian. And I saw an interesting, I was looking this up. Can you see this? And you see how there's the Dantian in the belly, but they're saying there's three. These are the three centers we're talking about, right? And this is from the Taoist tradition. And... And this is, we're talking, and and I thought it was interesting. I'd never seen a diagram like that before. And so the the body center, the belly center, it's about being alive in the world, right? And in one's body and learning how to embody the Dharma in each moment, but also in a step-by-step way, in a grounded way. It's like we don't, we don't understand or get the whole Dharma the first time we sit. And actually we continue to understand or discover the Dharma as we practice. And that, that understanding doesn't end. There's always more to be revealed or understood at least in my experience. And so this body centered is about, as I said, embodiment, stability, groundedness, it's also about not being disembodied when we have insightful experiences it's not about just being all in the in the cosmos in the in the heaven realms as we they would say in the old days right but it's also about being right here and metabolizing our experience and functioning from some kind of wakefulness hmm. This is actually from the Anguttara Nikaya. They say it is just within this fathom-long body, with its perception and inner sense, that there is the cosmos, the origination of the cosmos, the cessation of the cosmos, and the path that leads to freedom. It's a very famous quote. I've had I have different translations of it here. Uh, from the Anguttara Nikaya, and it's really about oh, this is where the Dharma is. This is where the the whole world is right here in a certain way, and the uh, um, and the the beginning of the world and the end of the world is here. By world, it's really the world of consciousness is right here, is right with you, is right with your body. And we're, we often pay more attention to different things about the mind than the body in, in a certain way, in a more um, uh, spiritual sense. Uh, Jean Moreau, the actress, she said, we have so many words for states of mind and so few for the states of body. I love that because the state of the body, if the body's open or it's free or it's at ease, I mean, it's just, or it's um, empty, right? Is not usually how we talk about it. And of course, it's talked about in many different ways, different traditions, different times. Walt Whitman said, if anything is sacred, the human body is sacred. If anything is sacred, the human body is sacred. And it's true in Buddhism, we say it similarly, that, that we, we always talk about precious human birth, that this aliveness, the aliveness of the body itself is precious. And I have a lot of quotes about this, but I'm not gonna read all of them. We can come back to them here. Okay, I read one more that I've read before, but I like a lot from Miranda Shaw. She said, embodiment is understood not as a soul and a body, but rather a multi-layered mind-body continuum of corporality, affectivity, cognitivity, and spirituality whose layers are suddenly interwoven and mutually interactive. This non-essentialist self is seen not as a bounded or static entity, but the site of a host of energies, inner winds and flames, dissolutions, melting and flowing that can bring about dramatic transformations in embodied experience and provide a bridge between humanity and divinity. a few thoughts about body, body of awakening. And then there's the heart center, the heart of love and compassion. And it's really the place of, of tenderness and kindness and sensitivity to the world, right? Uh, compassion is as the, his holiness, the Dalai Lama says, my religion is kindness. And it's about contact and relatedness and empathy and appreciation and joy and delight that we can experience. And the sense of generosity that we talked about is one of the expressions of the heart, both generosity and gratitude are really beautiful ways to understand the heart. And uh, Bell Hooks, the American writer, wrote, she said, a generous heart is always open, always ready to receive our coming and going. In the midst of such love, we need never fear abandonment. This is the most precious gift true love offers, the experience of knowing we always belong. Beautiful understanding that often we forget that we all belong, that we're all here and we're all here because we belong, that we wouldn't be here if we didn't belong. And of course, many more thoughts, quotes about the heart center Even if you consume as many books as the sands of the Ganges, it is not as good as really catching one verse of Zen. If you want the secret of Buddhism, here it is. Everything is in the heart. These quotes, I've read these before, very familiar, beautiful quotes about the heart and the opening of the heart that's possible when we relax, that when we get here, and when we feel our heart, and when we feel, experience our emotions, and our moods, and our tenderness, and our sensitivity, and our care, and our love. And the head center in Buddhism is often called the eye of wisdom. And it's the source of awareness and mindfulness and concentration and direct knowing, direct knowing of experience and discerning experience. The knowing isn't just abstract, it's direct, it's known, it's understood, there's a clarity or spaciousness, uh, a kind of intelligence that comes when the head center is open Right, and the wisdom of seeing things as they are. Hmm. This is from the Zen teaching of Bodhidharma, who said trying to find a Buddha or enlightenment is like trying to grab space. Space has a name, but no form. It's not something you can pick up or put down, but you certainly can't grab it. Beyond this mind, you'll never see a Buddha. Buddha is a product of your mind. Why look for a Buddha beyond this mind? And that's a radical teaching about what's here and what's available to us as we turn our attention, body, heart, and mind to what's here, to this human beingness. This is from Nizargadat Maharaj who said, use your mind, to know your mind. Use your mind to know your mind. It is the best preparation for going beyond the mind. Use your mind to know your mind. It is the best preparation for going beyond your mind. And the key here for offering this teaching about the three centers is to um, uh see it as part of our practice to be aware of what's here, body, heart, and mind, and to see what's needed to balance the body, heart, mind. So that there's that we're we're here in a balanced way, in a stable way, in a, in a it's really part of the samadhi of practice, uh, the upeka of practice, the equanimity of that practice can bring is we're here with all of ourself. So understanding the three centers is one of the ways to understand the doorways to awakening. That uh, as the Buddha said, the committed life is lived for the sake of seeing into things and understanding them. It's not that there's no cognition in Buddhism or in practice. But the experiential component is also used, uh, is a component of a bigger understanding that includes our thoughts, feelings, sensations, and our understanding of the totality of what's here right, when the centers function in balance, uh, harmony uh, allows the the dharma to come to life right in you, not somewhere else. You are the dharma, as I've said many times. And I think I'll just end there. And uh, yeah the Dalai Lama, His Holiness always said, our greatest task is to become more fully human, more fully human. And it's a beautiful task we have, even though it can be difficult at times, it's not always easy. So, as you know, I like to take some time for any questions or comments about the talk, what you've heard and what made sense, what didn't make sense. I love to encourage people who haven't spoken to speak. I'm happy to talk to people who have spoken, but it's always nice to have new voices in the room And Oh, thank you. Michelle's raised her hand virtually, which I appreciate. I'm not sure. Yeah, we don't have a hand at the bottom here. You have to go to the, uh, I believe, reactions button, and then there's a raise hand. If you click reactions, you can raise your hand from there. Hi, so, Michelle, please. And let me just switch to speaker view. There we go. Hi, Hi
3: Hi, um, I, when you said that quote about um, using your mind to know your mind, um, what came up for me right away is that, could I then think that it makes sense that to know my heart, I must use my heart and to know my body, use my body or dip into those feelings. That's just all that came to my mind with that. It really made sense,
0: all of it. Yeah, I agree with your uh, interpretation. Yeah, you we want to use our heart because it's already active, right? And so it's not even that you have to use it. You want to be aware of it,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because it's already happening. And, and same with the body and the the blessing of the body, even with the body's difficulties, which for some of us at different times, we all have, difficult body dukkha, right? But but um, but still the aliveness that fuses our body with consciousness is again, in my opinion, totally wild and, and beautiful. And so can we be here to start to be aware of it in that way?
3: Versus, I know that versus like being ruled by it or activated by it, that whole, control or as having been a lawyer you know my head overacting you know it's overactive and not that it go ahead
0: well just that just be careful watch out for any judgment right because you know I know you a little bit you have a good head (laughs) and and it works well and being a lawyer you've been well trained to use it and it's a skill that you've developed but you want you want to use the skill, you don't want the skill to use you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the, the twist of the Dharma. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Okay. Uh Amy. Hello. Please unmute yourself. There you are. Hi Amy.
3: Um When you asked how do I relate to my centers and what kind of attention, that is um, something I am beginning to see in a new way. I am very much a go-to mind, but I've begun caring more about my body, caring more about my situation, that my mind and my body are not strongly related and the way I've been seeing it. And again, I'm, for me, I'm going to agree that it's only in my meditation in my sitting when I'm really quiet, that what I feel is, and you see this great vibratory mm-hmm. instrument behind me mm-hmm. is that <clears throat> I feel the body has a vibration and the heart has a vibration mm-hmm. and the mind has a vibration.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And yet there are different speeds and mm-hmm. different densities
0: mm-hmm.
3: and different sounds. And, you know, it, at first the vibrations just seem, you know, chaotic. But I think it's because I care. I'm trying to attune. Right. myself trying to attune those vibrations so they're you know the same speed and then rarely sometimes do I feel that I listen to a note behind those vibrations when when they've mm-hmm. been attuned that there is a note um mm-hmm. not of not from me from
0: something you know yeah um, yeah, and that note is always here. It's even here now. It's
3: so hard to get there. I mean, do don't, so don't. sensitive.
0: Right, but, but so the sensitivity is your doorway. It's not the obstacle. Because mm. the sensitivity is in two ways. First of all, you're already sensitive physically to the vibratory reality because of your skill that you've learned and practiced, right? As a musician, right? And you said you have a good mind already. It likes to think and do stuff. And, and, so, and so it has a certain vibration, that mind. You can actually be aware of the vibration rather than caught up in the ch 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 be aware of the vibration of it right and then you're starting to use vibration as a doorway into more fully being here right body heart and mind mm-hmm. yeah
3: but it for me is is really such a practice only on my cushion i mean i can't honestly say that i have that kind of listening
0: in life so so here's i'll give you a little practice to do so when you sit and you feel that kind of listening mm-hmm. while you're sitting, see what happens as you get up and you make you put listening into the foreground. Even as you go and do something like make a cup of tea or your breakfast or walk outside, put the listening in the foreground for 20 minutes and see what happens. Does that make sense? I'll I'll try. I think I'd be lucky to do it for three seconds. Yeah, but you may forget. But then you may forget three set. You may remember three seconds later. Okay. Okay. And okay. and of course the key is the one key is relax. Yeah, not my forte. Well, it's you no, know, but it's a it's a learned skill sometimes. <laughs> And then let us know next week what happened.
3: I will. Thank
0: you. Okay. Thank you. Eileen. Hi. Hi.
4: Um, What came up for me was that the body and the heart are like truth and you know especially like a gut strong feeling in the body it's like there's no messing with that it's speaking the truth where the mind I feel like it's easily could be dil- um, diluted or rationalized into something else and I feel like that that information can be a little trickier for me and I use it <laughs> it's definitely my dominance as much as I'd like to be more in tune with the body and the heart. I mean, that's there too. But, um, you know, and I don't really think of myself so much as delu- the deluded type, but I know that that the mind just does that. So right. it was something interesting. Cause I feel like the body is like, you got it. Right. That's right. I, it.
0: I, I, I know you well enough to, to, and this is my opinion, but I'm going to say it. You're actually a body-centered person. Well,
4: and, I take and, that well, as a compliment.
0: <laughs> no, no. Listen, let me finish because, and and it's so much so it it does it's not even a big deal. It's just clear. It's like vump, right? And that's something I get about you, and and yeah, and heart too, and mind too. And so I'm not sure what you're calling deluded about the mind, except that you may think you're in control of the mind. Yeah, maybe. Which as far as I can tell, none of us are, that the mind will just say whatever it wants. My mind does, says all kinds of stuff that has nothing to do with the truth. It just, um, 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 it just comments and interprets and talks about and projects and imagines. And sometimes it's true. But a lot of times it's not accurate. Yeah. And and so part of being aware of the, the cognitive mind is discerning what is true and what's not.
4: Yeah. And
0: and that brings more freedom.
4: Yeah. Thanks.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Happy. Happy, are you there? there? Can you hear me? I can't quite hear you, Happy. happy. Oh,
5: interesting.
0: Give me one moment. And if you've unmuted yourself, please mute yourself. Hold
5: on one second.
0: No, no, you're good. You're good. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you and see you. And you're home. Yes, that's right.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I think my question is that um, I definitely noticed, like, for example, when my body feels really tired, my heart also feels kind of closed. I mm-hmm. guess like a little bit context. like I feel like right now I'm deciding, I have some challenges with the relationship that I have right now. I just feel kind of like my body just feels exhausted because there are things that are really great about it, but also things that are not working. I, I started feel my heart started to close.
2: Uh-huh.
5: I guess like I have taken a break from it for a few days and my heart started to relax a little bit. My body started to relax a little bit. and But it's still just, I feel like my, t- my body just feels so tense about it that like, even though I feel like, oh, I really want to keep it going, but my body is so tense. I cannot relax.
0: So you're getting so. some information from your body. Mm-hmm. And body has its own intelligence. Mm. And your awareness gives you the opportunity to, to discern what do you think about what the body's saying? Because the body has its opinion. At least it sounds like the body has its own opinion about what's going on. Yeah. And it may not be happy with what's going on.
5: Yeah, I guess, like, I'm trying to... For example, my coping mechanism has been, like, okay, what can I do to relax my body? Yeah, so, so... So I know things that help me relax my body. I've been trying to do those things more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely sense, like, <clears throat> my heart and my body definitely felt this, like, resistance and pain. I think even... Th- but my mind still wants it, kind of...
0: <laughs> right, but but... Um, so is it your mind or your heart that wants it? I think my heart both still hurt
5: from it, but also it still wants it too
0: because yeah. yeah. Something so touches it. Yeah, and you're describing a very normal kind of response to and I'm just I don't want to assume anything, but my the way I hear it is it's something, it's not relationship with your your sister or brother but it's might be a romantic relationship yeah Yeah. Yeah. and so you know your hearts and body and mind have all been touched by that and we um there's a certain dukkha when when those relationships end or don't work Mm. and so we don't want that to be there and we want it to be okay or good or like it was in the beginning usually is what we want and and it's very important to be respectful of that wanting Mm -hmm. but but the wanting isn't in control of what's the right thing to do Mm. the wanting is just one component of of love and connection and care which you've experienced with this person and maybe there's other things to do like couples therapy or something like that i don't i don't know i'm just but but um but it sounds like it needs some help or some change one way or not that's a better way to say it it needs change one way or the other and Mm. you know and i'm a big fan of couples counseling and you know it's very helpful at times because all relationships have problems as far as i can tell you know and i mean again, Pam and I, we have problems, we do couples counseling. um, And uh, it's always helpful. We don't do it every day. But, you know, it's something that when it's needed, it's a skillful means to help illuminate what's not being understood between the two of us.
5: Mm. Okay. I guess like, Try, I, think, I think that's something really helpful to consider. And I guess uh, I'm I also... That.
0: Say, say that again, sorry.
5: Oh, I said it's helpful to understand like maybe there needs some like change or like support. Uh-huh. Um, I guess I'm also trying to like self-resource. How I've been doing it is like, okay, I'm trying to like go for walks or so do something relaxing so that I can self-regulate. Right.
0: Um.
5: That's
0: I That's good. That's good. Good to do. So for like, a walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
5: I guess what do you suggest to bring back this like heart body like um uh, comfort and to equilibrium, that kind of state?
0: I would do what you know how to do, right? Okay. Like take a walk or or do some exercise. Always works for me personally. Take a swim or a bike ride or a walk or a run or or some something that really you can give your heart to, also like you know, play music. And one of you, somebody's a musician there, play play some music, or paint, or or write, or write also very helpful. And then, um, or you know, and shower, bath, things like that that are very kind also to do for just for you or, or whatever it is watch the basketball game if you enjoy that. I'm a big basketball <laughs> guy. I, don't, I know everybody isn't, but, but it's, for me, that's a great way to just um, let go of everything for a while. And the letting go helps me relax. And then I'll come back to whatever I need to come back to. But I also know it's good to, um, to relax, even with things that are ridiculous, like watching sports which, you know, and it's not, but it's it, really, truly, it's not ridiculous to me. I know it's not uh, important, but I get to not only enjoy the, the uh, relaxation that comes to me, I get to appreciate the skill and dedication and uh, concentration of the people who are playing that sport and, and their and their devotion that they've given to playing that sport. So, yeah. So does that give you a picture of different kinds of ways to take care of yourself a little?
5: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, and then, yeah. And of course, sitting is really good. And also praying is really good. Mm. Really. And it can be a very relaxed kind of praying, you know, just praying may may what's true come forward or may i understand fully what's here and act skillfully those i i do those kind of prayers mm.
5: cool yeah i think prayers is something i haven't really practiced so i think that could be nice it's
0: yeah, kind of like see what, yeah let your heart pray mm. notice what what words come to mind when you let your heart pray mm.
5: Cool.
0: Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. That it. Anybody else? I always want to make comments about who spoke. I mean, just uh, collectively, right?
1: Allison
0: has. That. Oh, great. Hi, Allison.
2: Hi there. Hi, everybody. This was a wonderful talk. Um, I was really struck, by. I mean, it's always hard for me to follow it down. So
0: use the mind to
2: Ta- take notice and the and mind. Relax.
0: Re- yeah, and relax with the mind.
2: Relax with the mind. But I loved what yeah. you said about this being remembering that this this body this embodiment this mm-hmm. moment is our portal this is our only way in remembering that there is no other way in and it's not always going to be what we want and it's not always going to be comfortable and of what i've noticed so much as a challenge and you know definitely wanted to ask you about this Mm -hmm. idea that we may not even be able to count on recognizing what has come before, this cognition. I remember you had the experience of an injury Mm -hmm. that caused you to then, I'm sure, have to reset all of your understanding of what you are and were made of in terms of how your mind or your body Mm And that there are these lessons inside of that right. that are pretty interesting to grapple with when they're unanticipated.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's all the Dharma. It's all practice. Mm-hmm. Life is practice, basically. Mm. And it doesn't mean that we don't get to engage in all of life, but all of it's practice, whatever we're engaged in. And, and that we are the portal to that practice. We, we are, we are the Dharma and it's right here. And it's right here, even when I had this serious accident and lost my sense of self in that way for a while. And that that Eugene never came back, hmm. but, but it wasn't a problem it was practice and it wasn't even even then it wasn't there was so little of me left it wasn't even practice it just was doing itself
2: right but you meeting
0: it with what you
2: were in the moment
0: yeah yeah well it was the only way I could meet it right Right. and so and so and also sangha was also helpful Mm -hmm. right and supportive And the Dharma was helpful, like just this moment, which is the simplest Dharma teaching of them all, right? It's just about, can we be aware right now, right? And aware of body, heart, and mind right now, even as we're talking here, right? And it just means feeling the body and being aware of our our, um, related experience affectively. And of course, whatever our mind is, However, our mind is thinking or or understanding the experience. And then it's, we're here.
2: Beginning again.
0: Yeah, always. (laughs) It's an endless beginning. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you for this. And it's such a wonderful remembrance to say, okay, if the mind is being tricky, sometimes, hey, let's remember the portal of the heart. Let's remember the portal of the the um, belly, uh-huh, the body, yeah. the groundedness, yeah. the way yeah. of coming back inside of a different part of ourselves that says, "This is here too." Yeah,
0: you yeah, know, it's it's it it allows us a fuller fulcrum to rest in a, a bigger place to abide than any one center
2: mm. good stuff thank you
0: you're welcome okay Irma Irma please unmute yourself
6: hi my name is Irma Irma, um, Irma right. uh-huh. hi Irma. Eugene I I found you on the Dharma seat. I've been listening to your talks for a while uh-huh. and I finally decided I'm going to, I'm going to go check this Sangha out. And I'm so glad I did. Um, okay. And um, I really enjoyed um, the talk tonight because there was these certain experiences that I've had. And with this talk tonight, you kind of nailed it for me is um, the question was, how do you relate to these centers? And I was, um, thinking, I could never explain it to anybody. But when it came to generosity,
2: mm-hmm.
6: I would feel like the heart ignites, the, the mind comes up with the idea, and then the body follows through. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time you you put it in context for me, I would wonder what is this? What is this? Because it's, um, it feels almost like I was floating, like, uh, like, I'm just like, I would call right. it like a shuffle, like it had nothing to do with me. It would uh-huh. just take over, uh-huh. and so what would happen is I would, <laughs> I would look for opportunities, um, uh-huh. some small, some gigantic,
0: uh-huh.
6: and every time, every time I had the opportunity and I followed through, I had the same experience. But I never knew until tonight that that was actually. What was happening? These three centers were aligned, and and it was no longer me. So,
0: thank you. Okay, stay here with me a second because it's beautiful what you're saying, and it isn't you, and it is you. Mm. That's the paradox. Oh wow! How me? (laughs) Well, it's you because it's not me that you're describing. Oh. It's not my experience. It's what you know and what have learned and discovered and has happened oh. for you. But it's not you. It's not a, the other teaching to bring in is about it's not the uh, small sense of self. It's oh. what's called the big sense of self oh. in Zen that you're aware of. When all three centers are really aligned like that, they're just doing themselves. You're not doing it right yeah yeah you know you got it and that's it's really it's totally um good oh my word and and in my way of practicing oh it's fun because it's so alive and it's not me doing it and it's it's um yeah you're getting a lot of chats here of people appreciating you so you, you can you can look at that if you want. But, but it's interesting because I have my own version I'm going to tell you when I have it in terms of generosity, it's such an odd thing that I do is because um, I live next to the part. Where are you? I'm in,
6: I'm in Yucca Valley, Southern California. Oh, great. I love
0: Yucca Valley. I've yeah. spent a lot yeah. of time in Yucca. Oh, And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a, a uh, nephew and his partner, who have a place in uh, Joshua Tree, and
6: oh yeah, yeah, and, Joshua yeah. National so, Forest, yeah,
0: yeah, no, and yeah, I've ridden my bike there and, and retreats down there and everything, yeah, no, I love, I love that area. Um, you know, the Institute of Mental Physics, yes, right. We used to have retreats there all the time, oh. every year. Oh, Cornfield would have retreats there. It was great. I think I sat my first meditation retreat there in like 1980-something.
6: Wow.
0: Yeah, a long time ago. Anyhow, wait, so here's what I, where I see my generosity. And it just happens. I I live next to Golden Gate Park and I walk in the park a lot. And so my generosity, which it's not even a big deal, but it mm-hmm. so does itself is when there's um, uh, trash that can go in the recycling mm-hmm. in the park that's on the ground. I just pick it up and carry it around until I find a place to put it in. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little generosity thing, but it totally, uh, it just makes me happy. And it's not me doing it. It's not like I have to think about it or anything. It's my mind knows that's what I'm going to do. And it's, it's heartfelt because it's it's my park but really it's everybody's park and that's and so even if i'm not going to walk in that part of the park again mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. like oh yeah it, you know it, it's our house you know and really mm-hmm. the whole world is our house mm-hmm. and that's why we want to take care of the whole world so nice to meet you and nice. can i ask you one more sure. question sure your name irma Irma, like your ear? Yeah, Irma. Irma, Uh uh-huh. Irma, what kind of name is it? I'm
6: Mexican, Hispanic, Ah. and the I in Spanish is E sound, Irma. Okay, Irma, great,
0: thank you. Thank you. Good to meet you. Please join us again. I will. Okay, now I think we're out of time. So we're going to stop here. We'll take a moment before we end, everybody. Wait, I want to go back to the the gallery view and we'll just take a moment uh, offering our generosity to the whole world, really to everybody, appreciating the good fortune of our practice and offering it generously, may it be for the benefit of all all beings, human and non-human. In this world and every world, may all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering, free from dukkha, free from misunderstanding the truth and the beauty and the goodness of who and what they are. May all beings awaken. May we awaken together. May all beings be free. Thank you, everybody. I won't be here next week. Pam Weiss will be here next week. And uh, I'm just going to check the calendar quickly to, to see who's. Yeah, Pam's here next week. Then Frank Ostaseski is here on the 11th. And I'm back on July 18th. I'm going on a little vacation, which I'm excited about. So I'll see you in a few weeks. and. Uh, yeah, you'll have Pam next week and then uh, Franco, Franco Osseski, who started the Zen Hospice Project, dear friend, and uh, he'll be here. So take good care, be well, stay healthy, you too. and I'll see you in a few Thank weeks. You.